2020, all that's happened in homes, hospitals, places of employment, in our streets, and during election season, all these things might have affected some of our stewardship choices. They may have influenced some of what we now have in our go-bag of life, including our spiritual life. Depending on the future, we may well need some of those resources or that blanket or that extra oil for unexpected turns of events. We've got to be prepared. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Red-Headed Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, an open and affirming congregation. I'd like to begin uh, with a brief word of prayer. Holy One, God of the cosmos, and yet closer to us than our breathing, we give you thanks for this small window of opportunity that uh, our voices and ears may commingle. Bless the listening, the thinking that happens afterwards, as you have blessed the preparation and proclamation. This we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture for today are going to be read by Olivia Altmeyer, and they are from the book of Joshua, the letter to Paul to the Romans, and the Gospel according to Matthew, verses 25, verses 1 through 12. The title of the sermon is, What's in Your Go Bag? And uh, let's go. Let's hear Olivia. Our first reading is from the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 through the first part of verse 3, and then verses 14 through 25. The Israelites have moved into the promised land under the military leadership of Joshua, and now the tribes are going to split up into their newly obtained territories. Before they go their separate ways into a tribal confederacy, Joshua is giving them a reminder and a challenge to be in covenant with God. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, Shechem, and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your ancestors, Terah, and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods 
that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and served the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us all along all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites, who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will trust, he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you, and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. People said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statues and ordinances for them at Shechem. And this ends the reading from Joshua. Our second reading is Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, Grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This ends the reading from Romans. This morning, the gospel reading is Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. It is the first of three consecutive parables and about the ultimate arrival of the reign of God. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, 
Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Here is the reading from Matthew and our scriptures for today's service. May God grant us a wise and generous understanding of this, God's holy word. You've got to be ready. That involves being smart. Are we ready? It means being a good steward. Are we ready? It is going to help you and those you hope to help. Now, I know that the idea of being ready is a message similar to the Advent season, but it is some of what our passages today point to. It is relevant to life in these quirky, changing days and very important for eternity. You've got to be ready. Let me tell you a story. Dorothea Feist was a member of the first church I served and a lifelong Cubs fan. She had been to tons of games at Cubs Park. She told me of the day when she and others were getting ready to go to a game. They'd be coming from her neighborhood, which was close to Belmont in California. She packed a blanket. The others laughed at her. Why are you bringing a blanket? It's going to be hot out there. There's no way you'll need a blanket out there on this fine summer day. She said, I'm bringing the blanket. They went to the game, cooler near the lake. Clouds came overhead. The wind picked up considerably. The temperature plummeted. Everyone was chilly. Dorothea pulled out her blanket, put it to use, and told them not to tell her what not to bring to a Cubs game. She was like the wise bridesmaid who, when she brought what was needed for the unexpected, she was ready. I was never in the Boy Scouts, but I know their motto is, be prepared. After all of those years in school, studying for tests and researching papers, I really learned this lesson by unexpected failure. Again, I was at St. Nikolai UCC, and I planned my stuff for the youth fellowship meeting that night, or maybe it was for a Sunday school lesson in the one year that we were so low on teachers, I taught also. So I did my prep work, so what happened? I prepared, I had my stuff, I went through my stuff with a pretty unresponsive group. There's no time taken up by give and take engagement. Time was left over and I had nothing. It was awkward. It was unhelpful. That never happened to me again. We are told in the Bible, and especially in Matthew 25, it is essential of the essence to be prepared, including for the unexpected. For instance, in our story, the bridegroom was delayed. That was not the plan. The wise bridesmaids prepared for eventualities like that. They had come with extra oil in flasks, whereas the foolish ones did not. They did not prepare for the unexpected. Well, what was the big deal about the bridesmaids having oil? Well, I 
did a little reading about that because I didn't know the answer. In this version of the wedding customs, the bridegroom was coming to meet the bridesmaids who would like the procession of them and the bridegroom to the bride's home where she would be picked up and they'd all go to the groom's place for the ceremony and reception. The chief responsibility of the bridesmaids is carrying the burning torches in the bridegroom's honor guard. The ready ones were the ones who were so looking forward to this meeting that they had made every preparation. So there's actually another quality of being prepared for eventualities, looking forward to what's coming. Parents might be familiar with the term ready bag. I am more familiar with the term from the TV show Criminal Minds when they refer to their go bags. A go bag to them is a duffel bag of essentials that is ready to roll out on a moment's notice on a trip to some other part of the country and you do not know just how long you'll be gone so you've packed enough clothes, meds, toiletries, etc. to last for days. The real ready bags are the kits you prepare ahead of time when it might be needed, filled with food, water, survival items, flashlight, first aid supplies, toilet paper, and some other items, often enough for 72 hours, to help you and your family get safely through an unexpected natural disaster or other major disruption that forces you out of your home. Being ready with such a go-bag under the lesson of this parable does involve stewardship, which season we are in and which I'll preach a couple of sermons on this month. In stewardship season, we talk about, we in the church talk about stewardship as managing, faithfully managing, the resources God has given us. Yes, it includes money, but also it includes our God-given talents and other resources you, I, or the church has. One of the resources, which we have in greater or lesser supply, is time. As in, time to think about what goes into our own go-bag and then putting it together. The wise bridesmaids thought ahead of what might happen, of the real need for oil, so better bring extra just in case, and they did. And they looked forward to that. They were going to be involved in this processional. Only for Christians, however, we do not put these resources that we've been given into an actual bag or backpack. We put them in our lives. These are choices. Many of the veterans we honor this week chose to enlist in our nation's armed services. Some were drafted. We understand and appreciate that. But those who volunteered, who signed up, they decided to sacrifice their self-determination for X number of years and be put to work as part of America's defense and sometimes regional defense or international assistance systems. They know the unexpected awaits and their signature pledges, they are ready for that. They know that they don't know what's gonna happen. 
These women and men made a choice that is also a stewardship decision. They decided to manage the gift of their lives in such a way of service to a greater good. What they did and what they learned is in their own go bag. In 2020, all that's happened in homes, hospitals, places of employment, in our streets, and during election season, all these things might have affected some of our stewardship choices. They may have influenced some of what we now have in our go bag of life, including our spiritual life. Depending on the future, we may well need some of those resources or that blanket or that extra oil for unexpected turns of events. We've got to be prepared. We've got to want to be prepared. Our choices should help all of us be so. Our stewardship, shaping our choices, reveals our faith and our joy in Jesus Christ. To foundations, let us go. As believers in God, Joshua in Deuteronomy challenged the Israelites and challenges us and our churches to promise to God that we will serve and obey only the Lord our God, whose blessings have brought us this far. Obey the first of the two, ten, obey the first two of the Ten Commandments, Joshua focused on. At one point, the Israelites pledged just that as they anticipate taking off for their new tribal regions. Joshua says, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said then, put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to Yahweh, the God of Israel. See, some of the Israelites really liked some of the other deities they'd been exposed to, either in Egypt or wandering in the desert or during their time of conquest and early possession. But as Jesus told us, we cannot serve two masters. Joshua reminds us that neither can one serve the Lord and some other competing idols. Put them away, he said. The time for them has ended. This is a softer way of being told to repent. Drop the things that keep you from putting God first. You've got to want to. Choose this day whom you shall serve, he charges. And that choice shapes our lives, our values, your, our hopes, our taking care of what God gives us, including the people and pets in the lives God's given us, and what goes in our go bag. Foundations. So what's in your go bag? In your stewardship of all God has given you and has enabled you to do, be, or become, what are your essentials? for being ready not only to live our lives following Christ and serving others, but also for being ready to meet the bridegroom when he does come. To be honest, 
We cannot ignore that his return is what Jesus was telling his listeners and Matthew, his readers, to prepare for. And that, in the face of the understanding that this return had taken longer than the early church expected. He's been delayed like the parable's bridegroom. Matthew addresses it. So what do we put in our go bags? I believe that what you or I choose, as stewards of the grace God has given us, to put into our ready bags, can prepare us for being faithful followers and being ready for that second advent. In large part, because we have already put away, or put down, put away the false gods we once placed on a par with Christ, whether we knew it or not, and have chosen to serve God like Joshua and the Israelites vowed, Foundations. So again, what might be in your gold bag to be wisely prepared like the five thoughtful bridesmaids? Well, what helps you to be patient? What helps you to be loving and even when you do not feel loving? Who or what helps you mature in your prayer life, your walk with God? and your relationship with others, including the church. Who or what helps take away your fears, procrastinations, anger, and injustice? Excuse me. Who or what helps take away our fears, procrastinations, anger, and increase our joy in generosity, in talking about God and in learning more about injustice. What or who helps you or I navigate the election results and the aftermath? Some of our answers are very personal and idiosyncratic. You've probably already thought of stuff that I did not mention, but that you would be choosing to put in your preparation go-bag of Christian life and of meeting the returning one. For some, it's taking part in peaceful protests. For some, it's teaching Sunday school or teaching art or teaching music. For others, it's being a prayer warrior. Others, making winter hats to give to those who are out on the streets at night, or volunteering to be a hospice worker. For others, we do things that employ the gifts where we've been given. And that activity is in our go bag. It helps us be prepared. We decide what goes into our ready bag. No one is perfect in the decisions we make, and we humans can be a wishy-washy bunch. The late Douglas Hare wrote, Undoubtedly, Matthew understood being ready as involving a tireless performance of good works, but he surely included other obligations as well. And then he cites several that are in the book of Matthew and from Jesus' teaching itself. Other obligations as well. Abstinence from bad behavior. Love for enemies. Love of other Christians, forgiveness of others, unhesitating faith, loyalty to Jesus, and love 
for God. Or, as Frederick Dale Bruner put it in his commentary, alarmingly, meeting him, meeting Christ, meeting him is not always easy. It is night, our human situation. And only those who have ample light, that is, only those who have made preparations in the day, or in plain English and in context, only those whose faith is changing their lives will be ready to meet him. I like that. Those whose faith is changing their lives will be ready to meet him. Now, I have long held that living the Christian life by the grace of God, day by day, night by night, is how you and I prepare and are ready for however the end happens to us. I must emphasize that what I just quoted from Drs. Hare and Bruner is meant to be nurtured in community. Community. You and I cannot do this stuff alone. We are not meant to do this alone. As Tony Campolo once said when he spoke at the Bethel College Chapel service I attended as a college student, Lone Ranger Christians burn out. That's unwise stewardship if it's avoidable. We need the examples, the encouragement, the support, and the prayers of one another and from one another in living lives of love and justice at the ready. Such community is much harder during COVID, I know, but we cannot give up hope. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? Paul wrote, and we heard Olivia read. That is also something about how many of us may feel and how we keep the faith after elections. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We do not fill nor live out our go-bags alone. We are in this journey together and with God. I close with this story of famed evangelist Dwight L. Moody. He was on a boat on Lake Michigan during a violent storm far from shore. Others were below deck, praying fervently for survival. Noticing that Moody was not among them, one man went looking for him. He found him sitting on the bow, riding the swells as the boat rocked back and forth. The man shouted, why aren't you below praying with us? Moody replied, I'm prayed up. That's a man whose go bag was ready for this life and whatever came. So may ours be. To God be the glory. I'm grateful for everyone who tunes in and who tuned into this message. I hope you found it helpful, part of Bread for the Journey of our spiritual sojourn. And I hope you'll tune in again sometime in the future as the Redheaded Preacher podcast preaches on. 
There are also, if you're new, uh, there are several back uh, podcasts going back to last year. And if you also, if you like to tell somebody else that they might enjoy it uh, by listening too. Thanks again, and may God bless your week.